Hey Canvas Church, I can't tell you how much I miss you guys. I know that's something that we say each week, but this is now week four, and uh, as each day rolls on, I just it just becomes more apparent just how important the relationships that we have are, how important community is, um, and I'm praying that when this is all said and done, that we will be forever changed, that we will have a change of perspective um, about how we view church. Um, you know, I think the church is learning a lot during this time. I, I think the church universally has leaned pretty heavily on, um, on one particular sense. And it's like we've had uh, one of our major senses taken away from us, and now we're learning to do things differently. We're, we're learning um, a lot about what we talk about, but now we are actually um, being charged with living that out. And we've discussed that a lot as a community here at, at Canvas uh, about the fact that you are the church, you are Canvas. And so as I this morning am sitting alone, uh, all by myself. Anyway, um, no, I'm, I'm in Canvas alone, but the truth is, is that Canvas actually is in each and every one of your homes and you are the church, each and every one of you. And we are learning uh, to live out this gospel, this good news in, in new ways, um, in ways that we are meant to, that it's about loving God and loving each other. It's not simply about coming to a building or uh, even f having things all focused around a, a particular service or one time that we meet together. It's about sharing life together outside of these walls and what we're doing within the community, what we're discovering at home. And I know that this is difficult. Um, each one of you are facing challenges in different ways on, on top of just what all of us are facing when it comes to um, being in this quarantine season and, and the, 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 the fear and the changing information that's out there and that we are also just facing regular life. Some of you guys have lost jobs, some of you have lost loved ones and are still walking through uh, grief and mourning over that. Um, some of you have, have continued to have um, pressure and demands placed on you. Your, your jobs have ramped up, um, but your environment has changed because now you're working from home. All of those things, um, while I know are difficult, I feel like we need to be reminded of the fact that God is sovereign. This has caught us by uh, this caught us off guard, but it is not it has not caught him off guard. God is sovereign over all of our circumstances, and we can continue to have hope in that reality, in that truth. He has promised to never leave us nor forsake us, and he will give us the strength to be able to walk to the other side of this together. We're going to do this together. And um, so I can't wait until we are reunited, and I'm not going to sing that song, um, but I can't wait till we're reunited together again, because that truly will be Easter. Easter isn't just simply a date on the calendar. Um, it's something that we celebrate each and every day. And, and though Easter is coming um, very soon, I, I truly believe the celebration that, that we're really looking forward to is that Sunday when we get to gather together again. And I don't know exactly when that's going to be, but when it happens, 
there's going to be a lot of hugs. There's going to be a lot of laughter and tears. And um, I just can't wait to see you. Uh, when I came in this morning to the church, um, I stopped and looked around at the pictures that were on the wall of, of people and the families and that. And uh, quite honestly, I, I cried for uh, a little bit, and, uh, which I think was good. Um, because again, I just am reminded of just how much I care about you, how much each one of you are, are valued um, and play a very valuable and important part of my life. And um, so I just, again, want you guys to know we miss you greatly and you're on our hearts and minds constantly. So today is Palm Sunday and, uh, well, actually it's Friday. Um, and but it'll be Palm Sunday when you watch this and hopefully it'll be a little bit sunnier than it is right now. I, I don't know. I've looked at the forecast. It's it's not looking great for this weekend, but right now it's raining outside. So I'm, I'm hoping that it's a little less drabby for you on Palm Sunday. But this morning we're going to start by looking at a text out of the book of John, chapter 12, verses 12 through 16 is going to kind of set the tone for um, our discussion today. So in John chapter 12, verses 12 through 16, this is a, the passage that talks about Jesus uh, coming into Jerusalem and um, the week before he is crucified, buried, and then resurrected. And uh, so let's read that together in John chapter 12, verse 12. It says, The next day the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and they went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and he sat on it. As it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. So Palm Sunday is kind of an interesting day. I know when I was growing up, um, just like it, it, it talks about in verse 16 that the disciples didn't really understand what was happening. As a kid, I didn't really understand a whole lot about Palm Sunday either, except for that this is when we're supposed to put on our Sunday best. I mean, Easter's really when you put on your Sunday best, but, but uh, Palm Sunday seemed to be like when everybody was rolling out their new clothes too, and all the ladies were wearing bright colored dresses and, um, and the, there was flowers in the church and it was decorated real nice for spring and that. And when you went to Sunday school, you got the palm branches that were shaped like the cross. Uh, and that was, that was Palm Sunday. And it, it's normally a, a pretty cheery event because we celebrate the fact that Jesus is going into Jerusalem and they're throwing a big party and parade for him. What we often fail to keep in sight is the reality that this same crowd of people is going to turn on him in just a matter of days. By the end of the week, some of the same people who shouted Hosanna on Sunday will be shouting crucify him later the next week on Friday. Have you ever missed something super important that is right in front of your face because you were focused maybe on the wrong things? 
I have done this more than a few times, and I imagine that you have done it as well. And so um, some of you guys were wondering last week, um, you had maybe seen on my Facebook that I had posted something about nearly setting fire to my house um, because I was trying to make breakfast on the smoker out on our deck. And uh, so many people were waiting uh, to see whether or not uh, in that Sunday service, whether I would tell that story. And uh, so I'm going to share a little bit of what happened in that story now. So I don't know how you're making it through um, the whole quarantine thing, but for me, what is super therapeutic is to spend as much time outside grilling or smoking meat. So um, I'm very grateful that I have a really nice grill and a nice smoker. And uh, we had a turkey in the freezer that I got out and smoked that, had a, uh, a pork shoulder, um, got that out, smoked that. And I thought on Saturday morning, the kids and Natalie, um, they were on a, um, a Zoom meeting. All, all, the, all the kids from Canvas Church got on with our children's director, Heather Karcheski, and they were doing a, a Zoom call and it was really great. And, that, and I thought, you know what? I'm gonna go out on, a, on the deck, it's a nice day, and I am going to, I'm gonna cook breakfast on the Traeger, um, cause that'll be fun. You know, I can cook bacon and eggs and it's, it's kind of like, you know, I'm camping in that. And um, so I thought that that was a good idea. And I was very focused on that cause I, I was, I had this expectation that of, of course this is gonna work and of course this is gonna work, really work well. And it would have if I would have paid attention to a few important details that I overlooked. Um, what ended up happening was I got everything kind of set up and I got the bacon out on the grill and that, and then the kids started to say, hey dad, there's a lot of smoke coming from the smoker. And I was like, oh yeah, it's, it's fine. I mean, that's, that's normal. And then they're like, no, dad, there's a lot of smoke coming from the smoker. And I'm like, guys, calm down. It's gonna be fine, all right? And then the next thing was Natalie saying, Bill, there are flames shooting out of the smoker. You need to go out there and figure out what's going on. So I run out there and um, she was right. There was flames that were shooting out the side and um, the, you know, it was on fire. So um, needless to say, I was able to get that put out and, um, and the smoker's okay. Yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that right away are like, was the trigger all right? The trigger's fine. Trigger's doing good. I have used it since then. It's good. Um, the bacon. The bacon was good too, for those of you that were worried about the bacon. The bacon actually came out good. I was able to get the bacon out right at the right moment. The bacon was yummy. My wife's cookie sheets though, my wife's cookie sheets, they did not make it. And um, you might ask the question, well, why were you using cookie sheets to cook bacon on? That's a really good question. Um, because cookie sheets, as you may know, and I just didn't, I think I would have known it if I would have thought about it long enough, but I didn't think about it at the time. They are not heat rated, especially when you're having a fire. Why was there a fire? That's another important detail that I overlooked. Um, so on a smoker, on a pellet smoker, um, there's a little firebox at the bottom of it that, and, and pellets shoot out into the firebox and then they ignite and then they create the smoke and the heat in that. Like, and uh, periodically, you're supposed to clean the ash out of that smoke box um, because if you don't, you begin to have problems. 
Um, and uh, so normally you have to clean that sucker, not every time, but if you've been spending a lot of time out on the smoker as I had been, and you've done a turkey and a pork shoulder and all of that, then you probably should clean out the ash from the smoke box. Did I do that? No. I thought it would be okay uh, because I was focused, my expectation and, and, and that was focused on, yeah, I, I'm just gonna cook some bacon and eggs on this. It'd be no problem And that. Well, those pellets go into the ash and then they don't ignite. So then the smoker just goes, oh, well, we need to send more pellets. So it just keeps shooting pellets into the firebox eventually that thing will ignite and it took off. One other important thing that I did not do is that if you're gonna smoke a bunch of meat in the prior week or week and a half, um, you're probably gonna have to, uh, if you didn't put in a drip liner, which I didn't do, um, you're gonna end up with a lot of drippings and those drippings will catch on fire. And uh, that's exactly what happened. So, um, all that's to say that I overlooked some important details and um, ruined my wife's cookie sheets and um, had to go sit on the wall, which we normally reserve for Liam, um, just to think about what I had done wrong. So sometimes we miss the important things that are right in front of us because we're focused on the wrong things. We have strong expectations that cloud our ability to see the truth. And that's what that's where I was at. My expectations were for breakfast and um, clouded were the, the important details that I really needed to pay attention to in order to not set the house on fire. But you know, when, when our expectations aren't met, we oftentimes we, we react in poor ways. And the people in the streets of Jerusalem the day that Jesus rode in on the donkey definitely had expectations. First and foremost, the crowds expected a king. And, and they were prodded by the echoes of the prophet Zechariah. Um, and the crowd shouted Hosanna, which Hosanna is a word that literally means save us. So they were shouting Hosanna to the son of David. And son of David was a, a messianic title reserved for the coming king who would be a descendant of David's royal bloodline and retake the throne of Israel. So Jesus was indeed a king. They were, they were calling out and shouting out for a king. And Jesus was a king. He just wasn't the king that they expected him to be. And then there's the second expectation which would have flown from the first. They expected not only a king, but they expected a conqueror. Yes, Jesus was a king entering on a donkey, and that would have kind of given an image uh, of peace, which would have been in stark contrast to a king that would have rode in on a, on a war horse, like many other rulers would have done. But the crowd had a, a different expectation of how peace would be achieved. They wanted peace, but they thought that peace would come through military action. Again, the crowd's response, response betrays them as they, they call out, Hosanna, save us. Please, somebody come and save us. And Jesus did indeed come and save his people. And he did come and conquer. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He conquered the grave. He was a conqueror. He just wasn't the conqueror that they expected him to be. And finally, the crowds make a, a definitive statement about their expectations of Jesus 
when they're asked, who is this person entering Jerusalem? Look what it says in Matthew's account of this event. In Matthew chapter 21, verses 10 and 11, it says this. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? And they responded in verse 11. They said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Later in the same chapter in verses 45 and 46, we read this. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parable, they knew he was talking about them. So they looked for a way to arrest him. But they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. A prophet. A prophet like Zechariah centuries earlier was someone who shared a message from God. And as Jesus rode into Jerusalem, the crowds recognized that he was important and that he had something important to say. Now, another quality of prophets is that they're quickly turned upon when they say unpopular things. Now, if a prophet comes announcing what people want and, and, and what they're expecting, then, then that was exciting. And that was a prophet that was worth listening to, right? But when a prophet confronted their wants and their expectations, well, then he'd be better off dead. So Jesus was indeed a prophet. He just wasn't the prophet that they expected him to be. And the, crowd, the crowd's cheers proved shallow and fleeting at best. They expected a king. They expected a conqueror. They expected a prophet who would do and say what they wanted him to do and say. Um, not one who would show them what God expected of them. And just five days later, they mocked him, they doubted him, they disowned him, and they cheered for his death. So how do we, how do we look at this and view this, apply this to our current lives and our current circumstances? Well, if we're honest, Jesus often fails to meet our expectations. He fails to act, he fails to advocate for us, he fails to follow through and his failure to fulfill our expectations result in us mocking him, doubting him, disowning him, and betraying him. If Jesus showed up today, I think we might expect the same types of things. I think our expectation would be that, well, Jesus can end war, and he could end poverty, and he could end the coronavirus. He could end homelessness. Jesus could eliminate stress, financial stress, marital stress. Um, he, could, he could eliminate the stress of work and emotional, um, em emotional stress, family conflict, and, and he certainly could dispel our fears. And if we're honest, Jesus often upsets our expectations because he doesn't do what we want him to do the way we want him to do it. When a person receives pres pres prescription glasses, sorry, prescription glasses, they're only helpful if that prescription is correct. If, if that prescription is not, then your ability to see is gonna be very, very limited. Have you ever tried putting on somebody's glasses that had like a, a different prescription than yours or a higher prescription? It, I mean, you'll, you'll get a headache immediately. You start to go uh, dizzy. 
because it's not gonna work to wear the glasses of somebody else and to see through those lenses that weren't meant for you. And in that same way, if we're not viewing life through Jesus's finished work, that finished work on the cross, and instead we're looking at it through the lenses of our own expectations, then we're gonna lack the ability to see what God is doing right in front of our face. I think that the way that that applies to us today is that we are living in a world right now where information is constantly changing. And, and I, think then, I think more than ever, we, we don't know quite what to expect. Um, a lot of the ways in which we thought this year was gonna roll out for us have already changed, right? And uh, as I was reflecting back on a year ago, um, it's funny, as, as I spoke last Palm Sunday, uh, I was a little over a week away from my dad going to be with his Savior in heaven. My dad, during this time a year ago, was in hospice, and um, we spent nearly every day there with him. He spent about a month in hospice. It was a very, very difficult time. And yet I remember reflecting at the end of 2019 saying, gosh, you know, this year has not been the year that I expected that it would be um, in, in challenging ways, but also in very, very good, very powerful, very life-changing ways. Um, and so I think as we look at 2020, um, even though already this has been a different year than what I, what I expected, I've, I've been pausing to really think about that, especially as I reflect back on the prior year. You know, our expectations are for one thing, and um, oftentimes when those aren't fulfilled, we get frustrated, and a lot of times we turn that frustration towards God. God is sovereign. God has a plan in all of this. He truly, truly does. And I know it's difficult, and I know there are people who are, are walking through a lot of pain and loss and a lot of uncertainty, and there's fear out there. Um, but there are things that have not changed, even though when we flip on the news or look at our phone or whatever, it seems like things are changing constantly. There is truth that has not changed. The gospel has not changed. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever and he will take care of you. God is in control, and there is hope in Jesus Christ. The question that we need to ask ourselves today is, are we living for our expectations, or are we living in the truth of who Jesus really is? Who is Jesus to you today? As you think about it, who is he to you? And when we pick up the, the Bible and we, when we look into the scriptures and that, what does God tell us about who he is and, and, and who his son Jesus Christ is to us? When we really reflect on that versus on our own circumstances, um, we find that God has a great plan for us. His promises are still true. And, uh, and even though our expectations may not be met in the moment, we can trust that God has a better plan for us and he is going to carry us to the other side of this. I think when we hang heavily on our expectations of Jesus, we often overlook um, something key to our pursuit. 
And that's his expectations of us. Jesus expects us to love one another. He expects us to join him in the breaking of bread and the drinking of the cup, to de deny our own rights for the sake of others. We've discussed that a lot during this Lenten season, um, how we reflect upon the sacrifice that Jesus has made for us, how we reflect upon um, our own sin and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness that he has extended to us, and then realize that by receiving that, we are then called to lay down our lives, to serve him and to serve one another. And, and so there is an expectation of us that God has, that we forgive those who wrong us, um, to live in the tension of feelings God, God's absence. Because um, sometimes when we don't feel his presence, we're very uh, fickle when it comes to our commitment to him. And we will tend to stray when we don't feel the emotions and we don't, we want, when our expectations aren't fulfilled, we quickly jump to this conclusion that, well, God must have forgotten me or where is God in all this? Or he's not, he doesn't hear my prayers. That is not true because he does hear each and every prayer that we pray as we call out to him. But God does know what is best for us and he's calling us to lay down our lives to follow him. Jesus expects us not merely to lay down our coats or our palm branches, but for us to lay down our very lives. And the promise on the backside of all this, of course, is what we're getting ready to celebrate in a little over a week, and that is resurrection. Easter is the promise of new life where there was only death. Easter is the announcement that Jesus really is king, that he really is a conqueror, that he really is a prophet. But Palm Sunday and Maundy Thursday and Good Friday, they precede Easter. New life can only come from life that was lost. Do you understand that? So for us to walk into the new that God is creating and desiring to create in our lives, we first have got to lay down our life. We've got to die to our own pursuits and to our expectations in order to pick up and, and to walk into the, uh, the new creation that God wants to bring in our, in our lives and in our journey. Our core purpose as a church family is to see spiritual transformation in individuals, in families, in our community, and in our world. It starts with us. It starts with the person that we stare back at when we're brushing our teeth every single morning. Um, that change begins in my heart. It begins in your heart. And this is what Canvas is all about. We believe that God desires to create something new in you, but we've got to be willing to lay down our lives in order to see that happen. When that happens in us, we will see new things happen in our relationships, in our families, in our church, and in our communities. Jesus wants to enter our lives and transform the very way in which we live. But we're going to miss that if we're not paying attention to the right things. If we get so focused in during this time on um, the way in which we've had to change, uh, the things that we have lost, we're gonna miss what can be gained on the other side of this. I truly do believe that God is wanting to teach us 
some really profound things. And he started that process before any of this virus stuff happened. Uh, I have I've felt confidently that God has been knitting together a fabric of foundation for us as a community um, as he's taken us through Godspeed, um, that study, and, and, talked, and, and as we've talked about how we um, are to be good neighbors to one another and what it really looks like to be the church instead of just trying to create a, an experience for ourselves that is, is based on consumerism, what it looks like to truly lay down our lives and to serve Christ in a way that impacts the community around us. All of those are things that have laid the framework and prepared the way for, um, for what we're experiencing now. And, uh, and I can't wait to see what God does with the remainder of this year. Um, this is not going to continue forever. God is going to lead us to the other side of this. Through Jesus's death on the cross, he makes a way for us to have relationship with God. And through his resurrection, he gives us hope of the resurrection from the dead and eternal life. Through his Holy Spirit, he wants to create something new in your life. So as we enter Easter week, what might Jesus expect from you? Or more accurately, what might he expect from us? Who is Jesus to you? And what is he expecting from you? And what is he expecting from us? You know, um, Natalie shared earlier about Canvas Cares, about steps that we can take to uh, love on our church family, but then ways in which we can start to, to look outwardly towards our community. Please be praying for your neighbors. Please be praying for your coworkers, um, for those who are working on the front lines in healthcare. I'll tell you what, my heart is, is just goes out to all of my coworkers uh, who are working at Mercy Hospital right now. Um, I still am a chaplain uh, and able to um, be a part of the ministry, the great ministry that they do and work that they do there. Um, but I'm a PRN, so I, I go in and I kind of fill in as needed. There are folks that every single day they are going in on the front lines of all of this to care for our community and they are they're worn out and uh and we need to pray for their protection we need to pray for um, their rest and, and their health and for their families who wait for them at home um, after long days that they work um, pray for for those all of those who are still working and uh, to to keep our community functioning and that pray for those who around our world um, are, are, have lost loved ones this week. And as we have learned, this thing is going to pick up and each day we're gonna learn of more people who have, who have lost loved ones. And so this week you can be praying for those people. This is a week to remember all that, um, all that our faith means to us as it culminates to this place of the cross and the empty tomb as we celebrate and remember Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. As we do that, remember that he has called us out. He's called us out to love on one another. That's how we demonstrate our understanding for his love for us, 
by the way in which we express then that love to each other. So love your families, pray for one another, call somebody who you feel like um, that comes to your mind and your heart. Don't hesitate on that. Pick up the phone, send a text, shoot an email, let somebody know that you're thinking about them, that you care, care about them. Um, and if there's a way in which you can, can meet their need, um, I pray that you would do that. Um, let's go ahead and pray today. And again, I love you guys, and I, I so appreciate our time that we've had together this morning. God, I thank you for the time together and your presence this morning. I pray that we would take seriously the question of who is Jesus to me? Not who do I expect him to be, but the truth of who he really is and the hope that we have in him. God, I pray that we would reflect upon that um, as we go into this Easter week and, and we think about uh, the, your death and, and, and resurrection, um, that God, we would just be reminded that our hope is in you. And, uh, and that God, no matter what circumstances we face in this life, you've promised that you will walk with us, God. And so we pray for those who um, are suffering loss, those who are walking through pain, God, those that are tired and weary, um, that are putting themselves out on the front line each and every day to serve our community, God, renew to them their strength, remind them, God, that they are not alone. And, um, and God, again, as we look at this, this week coming and we move through the Easter week, God, just remind us of your great love for us and then help us to be able to respond to that love by reaching out to one another, by praying for one another, um, by, by truly being your hands and feet and participating with you in, in seeing this kingdom furthered and the good news um, being declared in, in our lives, in the lives of our family and community, nation and across this world. We love you today, Jesus, and we thank you in your precious name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. You have a great week.